This is the Ministers of the New Covenant radio broadcast. We come to you in the name of Yeshua the Messiah, the Son of the Most High Yahweh. Tune in each week to hear teachings directly from Scripture, focused upon believing in the Father, His Son, and the holy and righteous law of our Creator. At the end of this broadcast, we will give you the web address whereby you may contact us for further scriptural information. So if we make certain that Passover, not the new moon, but if we make certain that Passover is kept after the spring equinox, and two, when the sun is in Aries, then that means we'll always keep tabernacles either overlapping the fall equinox or in close proximity after the fall equinox, but never 28, 40, 45 days after. It'll always be close right there at the middle of the year or the turn of the year, the fall equinox. So there's a, there's a solar, lunar, stellar, three-part harmony in all of this. I'm not removing the moon in any of this. Don't think that. I'm just focusing in on the other lights that Yahweh appointed. Remember, Josephus said the lunar month here, 14th day of the lunar month. And we know that's true from like Psalm 81, verse 3. These verses, nobody ever quotes Psalm 81, 3, where it says, Blow the shofar at the full moon. It's talking about the feasts, unleavened bread, and tabernacles is what it's talking about. Philo, life of Moses. Uh, 2, parentheses 2.22, down to parentheses 2.24. He says, Moses puts down the beginning of the vernal equinox as the first month of the year. Let's stop right there for a second. That cannot be a lunar month there. And this is why. Because the new moon doesn't always happen right smack dab on the vernal equinox. You see that? Philo's talking about a solar month and at the vernal equinox every year without fail the first solar month through the zodiac signs happens without fail. But if you read down and I've pieced a couple of quotes together I didn't do that to be deceptive you can go read the entirety of the quote it was just so long. If you continue to read down in parentheses 224 he says accordingly in this month then he says, about the 14th day of the month, remember Josephus, when the orb of the moon is usually about to become full, the public universal feast of Passover is celebrated. Philo, just like Josephus, places not the new moon after the equinox, but the Passover, the 14th day of the moon after the equinox. So it's very, very uh, beautiful there. And the criteria is not what I used to think it was, but it's the Passover after the equinox rather than the new moon. The key is that we celebrate the feasts in one solar year, not necessarily the new moon. The new moon can happen sometimes before the equinox or sometimes after, but as long as the feasts are kept in that solar year, that's what makes a difference, I think. This makes Passover fall at the sign of Aries the ram, which I believe is a symbol of the Messiah and the ram in the thicket that Abraham caught. Remember, Yahweh provided the ram. This is a symbol of, of Yeshua the Messiah. And then tabernacles falls at Libra, the measuring skills, which is a symbol of the just weights and measurements of Yahweh's law. All these have symbols and, and meanings. And you'll still have extremes one way or the other, but never will you have extremes where the feasts are kept four to six weeks after the equinoxes. You'll be in alignment with the Bible, Exodus 34:22. You'll be in alignment with Genesis 1, 14 through 18. And you'll be in alignment with Philo, how he said, and Josephus, how they said the feasts were kept. 
And the reason Philo and Josephus are so important is because they kept the same feast as our Savior kept. And our Savior did not keep wrong feasts. That's why it's important. So, final two slides. This is how I have it now, scheduled for Passover. And like I said at the beginning of the sermon, I'm not getting up here and telling you I've got everything figured out now. But this is how I've got it figured now. Here we have a new moon rising. Uh, The conjunction happens on March 11th. It moves into March the 12th. So we have a new moon period there, and it does happen before the spring equinox. However, though, we have Passover. The full moon is about right in here. I know it says it right here, but the 14th day and 15th day of the moon will be right in here. Okay, The Passover will be here. The first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread will be here. In close relation to the spring equinox and in the sign of Aries the ram. Three-part harmony. Then, when we get down to the fall in September... I originally had this as the sixth moon of the year. Now I have it as the seventh moon. And then we'll have the full moon right here. And we'll keep tabernacles. One, two, the third day, fall equinox. Four, five, six, seven. I believe that this, I will say it like this. I may not have everything figured out, and we need to continue to study, but I definitely believe this is a better choice than the way that I had originally been calculating the year. You say, Brother Matthew, I've been talking now for almost an hour. And I'll close with this. Brother Matthew, do you really think that this is all that important? You know it is. And this is why. This is why. I know Yahweh winks at our ignorance. And we don't always do things right. But Yahweh ordained certain times of the year that he would visit his people. And we need to do our best to meet him at the times that he wants us to meet him. And I think if we do the best that we can, he knows our heart. (laughs) If our heart condemns us, he's greater. He knows that too. Somebody says, well, he knows my heart, but yet they're living like the devil. That's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. All right? He knows it good and bad. But if you're truly striving to do something to the best of your ability, which I was for 15 years, I was, still doing it wrong sometimes. Yahweh knew I was trying to do what's right. And I believe because I was faithful in that, I believe now Yahweh has shown me a little bit more revelation through the pamphlet that Brother Arnold gave me. And I appreciate Brother Arnold for his study because a lot of this that I brought forth tonight, I've learned from him and from Brother Randy as well. And I'm thankful for brothers and sisters that study. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. This wasn't, and this will be my third closing. This... <laughs> That's the only amen I got from you, boy. <laughs> this wasn't an easy decision for me to make. And I'll tell you why. Because you know how flesh gets in the way? I've written books called Look at the Stars. The first four chapters of that book I'm still in agreements with. The last two chapters and some of the appendices, I no longer believe. I had those books printed up. My flesh tells me, Brother Matthew, you can't go back on that. You had all this, these books printed up, but you know what? My spirit man says, no. If you see this, Matthew, and you then deny it, then it's majorly wrong for you. See? Brother Tim, Sister Kim, they'd already helped me. Brother Andrew from Canada, they'd already helped me put together some calendars. I already had them up. You know what I had to do? I had to contact them. Say, guess what? I was wrong. I believe I was wrong. Can we make some more calendars? 
You know, I didn't hear not one word of complaint at all. And Brother Timble, he had that calendar back up. And I asked Kimberly to, to read a study that I had written. And she said, yeah, it makes sense. I don't see where it's wrong. And you know that I've not had anybody that I've shared this with so far. And I've shared it with some big-time students of Yahweh's calendar. I have not had not, not one kickback from anybody. Everybody said, wow, this is amazing. Why couldn't we see this before? I had one man with a little bit of kickback, two paragraphs. Brother Arnold knows who I'm talking about. He wrote two paragraphs. He didn't really respond to what I had written. And, you know, of course, I believe he's striving to do Yahweh's will too. But I believe that this is, this is kosher. It's what I tell my children when they're doing something bad. I'll say, do you think what you were doing was kosher? Meaning, was it fit? I believe this is more kosher than, than, the, other, than the other way. And so I think that I think that will be more closer to the times, the same times that the patriarchs and the prophets kept, Brother Jerry, of old. I appreciate you for your time. I won't talk about this again next week. I know it was long. I'm going to try to put this on a video so you can go back over and study it at your leisure. I'd like to tie up some loose ends now concerning the subject of the biblical new year. Hopefully you've listened to the first three lessons in this radio series of lessons. You probably just finished lesson four that I taught at the local congregation that I attend. So I want to put it all together now and maybe answer a couple of objections that people would have in relation to this reckoning. The main point for us to recognize in this entire study is that Exodus chapter 34 verse 22 gives us an anchor in the Hebrew Scriptures for the Feast of Tabernacles to take place at the Fall Equinox, or as the Septuagint calls it in Exodus 34:22, the middle of the year. Now this happens on our current Gregorian calendar right around what we would call September the 22nd. September the 22nd is the day of the Fall Equinox, or if you've been following in the Hebrew, the autumnal to Kufa. And in order to have this happen, in order for the Feast of Tabernacles to take place at the Fall to Kufa or the Fall Equinox, we must make certain that Passover always falls after the Spring Equinox. If we do that, then the Feast of Tabernacles will always, without exception, either overlap the Fall Equinox or come shortly after the fall equinox and thus be at the middle of the solar year just like the Septuagint states. Now if we make it a must for the new moon of Abib 1 to always come after the equinox like I used to do for 15 years we will have some years not all years but some years in which the Feast of Tabernacles falls four to six, as much as 45 days, four to six weeks after the fall equinox, completely outside of the sign of Libra, the measuring scales, which Philo does talk about in his work on the creation, parentheses 116. Now, that not only contradicts Exodus 34:22, but it flies in the face of the two ancient historians, Philo and Josephus, it flies in the face of how they relayed to us when 
the Hebrew festivals took place. Both Philo and Josephus, Philo who lived before, during, and after the time of Messiah, and Josephus who lived after the time of Messiah in the first century A.D. and recorded even what happened in 70 A.D. with the destruction of the temple at Jerusalem, they both place the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread after the spring equinox and within the sign of Aries. Neither historian ever stated that the new moon of Abib 1 must fall after the spring equinox. And Philo also clearly stated that it was the custom of his people to live in tents at the fall equinox. And that's in perfect harmony with Exodus 34 verse 22. Now, some might say, well, Brother Matthew, if you only make sure that Passover falls after the spring equinox and not the new moon, then that means that the Feast of Tabernacles will begin before the fall equinox. That is true. However, I believe that it is a better choice to have that happen and the feast overlap the equinox rather than have the feast sometimes take place 40 to 45 days or 30 to 45 days after the fall equinox. If you have a feast that is able to be at the equinox, even if there's some days before the equinox and some days after the equinox, talking about the fall equinox. If you have a feast that has the ability to fall at that time or fall 30 to 45 days after that time, I believe that the better choice in harmony with Exodus 34:22, and also Philo in his statements about the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, being at the fall equinox, the better choice is to have it fall overlapping the fall equinox. This will happen in certain years. It will happen in the year that I'm speaking right now, 2013. The first two days, the way that I had the calendar reckoned, the first two days of the Feast of Tabernacles will be prior to the fall equinox. However, notice it overlaps the fall equinox. If we were to wait until the following month to keep the Feast of Tabernacles, we would be keeping it at the end of October into the beginning of November, which is long after the fall equinox. It doesn't make sense for Exodus 34:22 and the works of Philo to state that the Israelites are to keep tabernacles or in-gathering at the fall equinox if in reality sometimes it comes a month to 45 days after the fall equinox. Hopefully you see my point that I'm making in that. Some people have also stated in regards to the signs of the constellations. They've said, Brother Matthew, do you not understand the phenomenon known as the precession of the equinoxes, whereby the Passover might have used to take place in the sign of Aries, the rim, but now because of the procession of the equinoxes, on the morning of the vernal equinox, we are in the constellation of Pisces, the fishes, rather than the constellation of Aries, the rim. Let me say from the outset, that is correct. And I do know and have studied extensively about the precession of the equinoxes. You can find a book that I've written online titled Look at the Stars. 
In that book, the first four chapters deals heavily with the constellations and the star formations in the sky. Specifically, chapters 3 and 4 of that book deal with the precession of the equinoxes. And I recognize that now, in the year 2013, if you stand and look at the horizon due east about two to two and a half hours before sunrise, you will see the constellation of Pisces. That is the two fish. You will not see the constellation of the ram. As a matter of fact, we are actually now, by precession, at the end of the constellation of Pisces. Now, if you're saying, Brother Matthew, I don't understand what you're talking about. All you need to do is stop this recording and study. A good place for you to begin to study is the book that I've written titled Look at the Stars, so you'll get a handle on what I'm talking about with these constellations. While the phenomenon known as the precession of the equinoxes is factual, what is also factual is this, is that we have record of people in the first century A.D. and shortly before that speaking of the constellation of Aries the Ram beginning at the spring equinox. We also have a first century B.C. slightly into A.D. Roman poet by the name of Ovid who I mentioned in my newest article on the new year, he tells us that the sun leaves the sign of Aries the ram on April the 20th. So, if the ram began at the spring equinox and the sun left the sign of Aries the ram on April the 20th, we know that according to Ovid and according to the first century authors such as Philo, such as some astronomers also by the name of Geminos and Vitruvius, we know that the sign of Aries was from the spring equinox to the Julian date of April the 20th. So that would be the sign of Aries that we should be concerned with, not where the stars have drifted off now in 2013, but what the people at that time were basing the calendar upon, because that was the time that Yeshua the Messiah specifically at the time of Philo, Yeshua the Messiah lived, kept the festivals, and we know that he was the unblemished lamb of Yahweh, meaning he did never commit sin. So therefore he had to keep the festivals at the proper time, and we know at that time that Passover, specifically Passover, was celebrated when the sun was in Aries. We have not one human witness, but two human witnesses to that fact. So, the precession of the equinoxes, although it's factual, doesn't affect what I'm talking about in relation to the timing of the biblical new year. Now, one more thing before I continue on. The method that I've described in these radio lessons is that the sun and the moon and the stars determine the biblical calendar. And over the years, I've met people who disregard the sun I've met other people that disregard the moon, but I've met very, very few people that even know how the stars fit into the calendar, and that included myself. I'm not knocking those people's intelligence. That included myself for several years until Yahweh opened my mind to be able to understand how the stars work. I remember I even have sermons on my website that you can listen to where I was talking about the calendar, and this was years ago. And I would say something like, I do believe that the stars are part of Yahweh's calendar, but I don't understand 
how they fit into Yahweh's calendar. Wow. Well, it's amazing to watch the progression of understanding and knowledge over the years that I've had being graced by Almighty Yahweh with being able to understand how all of this fits in together. And as far as I can see, what I've described in these lessons is the only method that does not throw out one of the lights in the heavens in its calculation. See, the heavens work as a faithful Israelite family in complete unity. And they're a type and a shadow of the family of Israel according to Genesis chapter 37, 9 through 11. The sun is the father, the moon is the mother, and the stars are the children. And they all with one voice tell us when to begin our lunar cycle of months in relation to the solar cycle of months in accordance with the signs of the tropical zodiac. And it really is beautiful if you stop and think about it. And so with this method, there certainly will be times when the new moon after the spring equinox will be ABIB 1. I believe that that can certainly happen still in my understanding. However, that is not a criteria. That is not a necessity for that to happen. The necessity is we make sure that Passover falls after the spring to Kufa, putting Passover in the spring season and placing the Feast of Tabernacles there at the fall to Kufa. Now, I would like to tackle a few objections, and I don't know how many of these I'll get into this lesson. One might wonder how there's a particular quote from Philo. One might wonder how this quote fits into the mix. Philo in Special Laws 1, parentheses 186 and 189, states the following. When the third special season has come in the seventh month at the autumnal equinox, there is held at its outset the sacred month day, called Trumpet Day. On the tenth day is the fast. On the fifteenth day of this month, at the full moon, is held the Feast of Tabernacles. So Philo here speaks of the third season of the year, which begins at the autumnal equinox. He states that. That's what we would call September the 22nd on the Gregorian calendar. And Philo mentions the Feast of Tabernacles taking place in this season. And he's mentioned this in previous quotes that I've talked about in this series of lessons. But he also seems to suggest that Trumpet Day, in Hebrew this is Yom Teruah, and the Fast, which is Yom Kippur, he suggests that these take place in this season as well, in this one quote. However, it is a fact that no matter what method one chooses to use to begin the new year, there will be times when Yom Teruah, Trumpet Day as Philo calls it, does not take place at or after the autumnal equinox occurs. Uh, case in point was last year in 2012 when I kept the Feast of Tabernacles from October the 1st to October the 7th. But Yom Teruah, that is the day of shoutings or trumpet day, Yom Teruah took place on September the 17th. So if we use the method of taking the new moon on or after the spring equinox to determine Abib 1, then where Yom Teruah will fall all depends on how close the lunar new moon comes after the spring equinox. Since last year in 2012, we had a new moon rise on March the 22nd, I believe it was, and the spring equinox was on March the 20th. Since the new moon was such in close proximity to the spring equinox, that made the 
seventh new moon, Yom Teruah, fall prior or before the fall equinox. So, what I believe that we should recognize here is that this place in Special Laws 1, parentheses 186 and 189 of the works of Philo, this is the only place within Philo that he mentions trumpets and atonement in the context of the fall equinox. So this one place would have to harmonize with all of the other places that we've considered in Philo up to this point. For example, when Philo talks about the seventh month at the autumnal equinox, he is talking about a solar month that begins at the fall equinox. And he then speaks of trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles. When we take everything that Philo said about the feasts in all of his works, we see that the only feast truly tied to the fall equinox is the Feast of Tabernacles. And that makes the most sense because the Hebrew Scriptures, the Torah, never tells us that Yom Teruah or Yom Kippur must take place at the Tekufah or the fall equinox in Exodus 34 verse 22. Hebrew Scripture, specifically the Torah, only states that the Feast of Ingathering, which is another name for tabernacles, is required to be kept at the Tekufa of the year, or the preposition at actually is not even in the Hebrew text. It just says it is kept Tekufa. Now, one more objection. What about the knowledge of astronomy? Well, some people have remarked that the ancient Israelites would not have known when the spring equinox took place, before it ever took place. And they go on to say that this would make it very difficult for people to arrive in Jerusalem for the festivals if, let's say, the Passover fell on the day right after the spring equinox. My response is this. When we take all of the evidence into consideration, the ancient Israelites must have had a greater knowledge of astronomy than we often give them credit for. They must have been able to know when the spring equinox was going to take place before it ever took place. And when I sit here and meditate upon this, I think of one simple way of knowing, like counting from the fall equinox. See, they knew, according to the writings of Philo, that there was an almost equal amount of days between the equinoxes. So they could have counted from the fall equinox and knew beforehand when the spring equinox was going to happen and then make sure that Passover took place after the spring equinox. And from what I've studied on the ancient understanding of the heavenly lights, the ancient peoples probably knew more about the heavens than modern astronomers know today. We don't need to knock the understanding of the ancients. When you read just in the works of Philo, Philo lived in the first century. Philo obviously had a knowledge of mathematics and of astronomy. When you read the work of Josephus, Josephus believed that the Egyptians learned the art of astronomy and mathematics from, drumroll, Abraham. Abraham, our father, back in the book of Genesis. I believe that Yahweh taught mathematics and astronomy to Adam and that Adam taught it to his son Seth. Now, Josephus also mentions about the descendants of Seth and Seth himself living to such a great degree of age that they had a long time to understand things like mathematics and astronomical calculations. And I tend to agree with what the historian Flavius Josephus says. What we're doing is we're thinking that they didn't have 
a great knowledge of astronomy, when in reality all the evidence points towards that they did have a great knowledge of astronomy, not that they were unintelligent or ignorant people in these areas. So we need to give them more credit than what we've generally been giving them, uh, myself included, because I used to say the same thing. Well, they would have had to wait till the equinox happened. They wouldn't have known when it was going to happen prior to it happening. I just don't believe that anymore. I think that they could have known the equinox is coming up and Passover from what we calculated is going to be after the equinox. So we're going to take that, or this moon is the first moon of the year. However, if they would see that Passover fell prior to the spring equinox and thus outside of the spring season, they'd say, well, we're going to have to have an intercalary 13th month in this cycle of moons. I think that this will be the last part in this radio series of lessons on the scriptural new year. But if I think of anything else, I'll add a fifth part. Listen to the end of the contact information if you'd like to get in touch with me. Thanks so much, and may Yahweh bless you according to his will. You've been listening to the Ministers of the New Covenant radio broadcast. Our website is ministersnewcovenant.org. That's ministersnewcovenant.org. Please visit our website where you will find hundreds of audio sermons as well as videos, books, and articles explaining various doctrines in the scriptural faith. For questions, you can also call 678-347-6240. That's 678-347-6240. Thanks for listening, and according to His will, may Yahweh richly bless.